Aliens Explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Lake Baikal in southern Siberia is the largest freshwater lake in the world. It contains more water than all of the North American Great Lakes combined and has a surface area slightly larger than Belgium. But what strange and exotic creatures might dwell in those depths? And what are we to make of declassified reports that some of those creatures are 10 foot tall bipeds in silver spacesuits? Join us on Aliens Explored as we dive headfirst into the mystery of Russia's giant underwater humanoids. Welcome back listeners to another episode of Aliens Explored where we discuss the strange, mysterious and otherworldly. I'm one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm your other host, Neil Kelly. And it's an interesting one this week. We are going back uh, to the 1980s, early 80s, 1982 to be precise, mm-hmm. and over to, um, to Soviet Russia. I, I really not to try accents, despite being an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, you need to work on that one a bit. <laughs> Mind you, I, th- but, I, think, I think most spy thrillers, they use pretty cod accents, don't they? As long as you talk a bit like that. That's right, comrade. Um, okay, enough of that. Uh, so normally uh, we talk about UFOs, um, mm. but this time we're talking about USOs. Unidentified submerged objects, which which um, might also be UFOs that have become submerged. You know, yes, it, it came from outer space and also from the bottom of the sea. So, uh, absolutely, um, and indeed. So, so what happened back in July two thousand and nine? Um, quite a lot of records from uh, the Russian uh, government were declassified. Hmm. And in amongst them, you did have some interesting ones where you had uh, a submarine encounter with uh, a group of UFOs, for example, or, or be underwater, who then took off and went outwards. So you're absolutely hmm. right in what you're speculating there. But that's not what we're talking about this week, is it, Neil? Well, I don't know. <laughs> we? Okay. okay. I, will, I, I can tell you, we are uh, looking at... Uh, an event in Siberia in Lake Baikal. Yeah. Um, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, which I can tell you is the deepest freshwater lake in the world. It goes down to a depth of over 1,600 metres. Um, so in this particular event, you've got seven divers exploring it. So because of the cold temperatures, it, it's hmm. in Siberia after all. Yeah. Uh, freezing temperatures and because of the depth of this lake it is mostly unexplored Uh, so you've got these seven divers going down doing 
general reconnaissance, I suppose, exploration mm. activities. Um, they're diving at a depth of 50 metres when suddenly they encounter a group of large humanoids. Not humans, but humanoids. Mm. Uh, nine foot tall, they reckon. Uh, wearing silvery suits some form of helmet but no tanks or breathing equipment that they could make out hmm. um this report goes i mean it's, it's uh, i've got to say at this point it's a surprisingly candid report this hmm. you know and, and you can almost imagine the horror that these divers would have experienced in that situation um but they attempt to do something I don't think I would do. <laughs> very, mm. very brave or stupid or both. Um, but they try to capture one of these humanoids with a net. And that, didn't, to, uh, that didn't go too well, did it? As a, it didn't so. go down particularly well, <laughs> as you would imagine. Um, and some force, some unknown force... They don't know what it was, but some unknown force um, propels them back up to the pyramid from a depth of 50 metres. Hmm. So they're, they're down a long way. This force suddenly propels them upwards very hmm. rapidly to the surface. For our American um, listeners, that, that's deeper than 150 feet. So you really do not want to be coming up from that depth at speed if you can avoid it. Well, no, indeed. And, and have you ever been diving? Now? Yes, yes, I have. And I've so, been down to 30 metres, which is yeah, about... That's feet. pretty deep. Yeah. That's, that, you, you feel it at that. I, mm. I, I was fortunate when I was 16 years old, I went diving at the Great Barrier Reef. Um, I don't think I got anywhere near 30 um, metres. It's um, quite shallow there, isn't it, the Barrier Reef? Mm. Mm. Most places it you can get to the bottom with a, with a <laughs> snorkel, you know. Um, yeah, I but, mean this was proper with the tanks and everything, and we did sort of dive down. But um, yeah, but no. But, so, but just some, something about the dimensions of this Lake Baikal. That um, yeah, we, we mentioned how deep it is. Its surface area is bigger than Belgium, and it contains more waters than all the North American Great Lakes combined. Mm. So it is a vast expanse of of water. It's twenty three percent of all the fresh water in the world, all the surface fresh water. It's huge. Yeah, so Absolutely this is huge. a place... I mean, we, we still wonder about um, Loch Ness, which is a relatively small um, what, re lock. Relative to this particular lake yeah. we're talking about, but Loch Ness itself is absolutely huge. That's not a small it, thing. It's huge, and it's very, very deep. I mean, you can see these cliffs going straight, coming straight up out of it. They Presumably, they, they go down just as far, just as quickly. Indeed. Yeah, but this is, a, this is another... This is another done uh, degree so, altogether. So coming back to these divers suddenly coming up to the surface very rapidly. Mm. Um, and the reason I asked if you'd ever been diving. Um, so you will be familiar, Neil, as, as would presumably many of our listeners, um, be familiar with decompression. Mm. When you come from a deep dive up to the surface too quickly, you get something called the bends. Mm. Um, and it, it's it's pretty serious stuff it can cause lots of um serious problems and sadly of these seven divers three of them died 
As a result of being propelled to the surface. As a result of decompression. Um, so it's it's quite a serious business that you know they've been propelled like this. Mm. Um, what do we make of this report? I mean, let's look first of all at the fact that this report has come out. It's an official government report. Yeah, and it must have. I mean, there was a period, wasn't there, in in Russia when the Soviet Union had fallen apart, and and Russia seemed to be at one stage eager to become a Western democracy. Mm. Um, and all sorts of things were declassified. And I think a short time later, when they realised, oh, actually, no, we're not. We're going to we're going to go to back <laughs> to being pretty much what we were before. We're just not going to call ourselves communists anymore. Um, and suddenly a lot of stuff was classified. So around about 1990 would have been during that period when... Uh, that that period of um, glasnost, of, of openness. Well, this, this doesn't come from then. This report was declassified in 2009. Okay. So quite a so, bit later. So well into the Putin era. Yeah. Hmm. Which makes it even more curious. Yeah. And like I said, so this, this report wasn't on its own when it was declassified. There were there were others as well. But I thought the um this story of the giant humanoids was a particular uh interest. We we mentioned in a previous episode about how um if you were if you lived in another planet that had less gravity than Earth, you would become taller. If you live somewhere like Mars, yes, you would be taller. Well, um, these people, these creatures, are nine foot tall and humanoid, and obviously, well, apparently wearing some kind of suit, some kind of protective suit, like a yeah. Well, um, so that's what the divers described was uh, some sort of silvery tight-fitting suit now that to me sounds like a wetsuit like you know the tight-fitting thing mm. um yeah or a dry suit you probably want but you know something that completely keeps out the water especially those kinds of temperatures um but so i mean being humanoid that that's not the best that's not the best shape to be for living underwater that's not a very efficient shape for swimming around you know it's you know if a swimmer is told they can swim like a fish that's regarded as a great compliment because yeah we are not built to swim like fish so Ab- these these don't absolutely. seem to be naturally naturally aquatic creatures and there are all sorts of um all sorts of strange creatures have been discovered in the depths of lake baikal just as they have been in the mariana trench these, these great depths that we know so little about um this one just happens to be an inland freshwater lake well, yes, um, but it's interesting. So, when they talk about these these uh, humanoids wearing some form of helmet, that implies mm. that, that these are not creatures that evolved underwater. Um, no. But let's think for a moment. You know, if if you if if there is an extraterrestrial species that wants to come and visit the planet, um, especially mm. if they wanted to come and put bases on the planet to either uh, observe us or use this as a, a staging post or maybe this is like I don't know uh, your local Texaco where this is just a refilling station for you ever <laughs> yeah. who knows um, underwater is going to be the best place to do it because 
the sentient life's not going to see you. It's not going to be aware of you. If you've got the technology to withstand the great pressures uh, of mm. being underwater, which you know, if you if you can do interplanetary travel, I've got to believe that you know being under a bit of water is going to be fairly easy to deal with. Well, I mean, um, they, they would want to be avoided. They, they would want to avoid contact with humans. They? That would be the only creature on this planet they'd really be keen to avoid. I would have thought. Um, yeah, there are yes. there is intelligent life at the depth. So whales are pretty intelligent, but obviously, um, they're, they're, they're <laughs> obviously not too fussed about UFOs. Well, am am I right in thinking though that whales and and dolphins, I believe, are you know uh, are an intelligent species? Um, they can't go that deep underwater. No. So. No. You know, even that, and and let's look at the the size of water as well. Well, you don't get any whales um, or dolphins in fresh water either. So this Lake Baikal is is looking like an ideal place to have a UFO base. Mm. You said that there's lots of strange creatures being found in Lake Baikal. Um, what's to say that they're terrestrial? Yeah. If you're setting up a, you know, an alien base, um, why not make it home away from home and bring your own, you know, flora and fauna? Mm. I mean, it's obviously that they, it's obviously an, an environment that they can adapt to. They can live down there, but not naturally if they're having to wear these special suits. No, but that's so, fair enough. Um, mm. Again, if you're forming a base, you wouldn't need to. Uh, been naturally underwater. Mm. So and of course we don't yeah. have we don't have the technology to have something that can can enter the earth, can fly in space, enter the Earth's atmosphere, and then dive to the bottom of an ocean or a deep lake. Um, but uh, we don't just because we don't have that technology doesn't mean well, we, it's not, not we possible. We have technology that can take us into space and bring us down. And put us at the bottom of the ocean, just not safely. Not on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so absolutely, absolutely fascinating. Um, mm. I mean, how much and also what, what was going through these divers' minds, you know, when they try and capture one? Mm. What on earth were they thinking? Um. Yeah, I suppose they they didn't know what they were dealing with. I suppose they were relying on um, hand signals to decide what to mm. do. I mean, they obviously went down. I mean, they had a net, so yeah. they must have gone down there with some intent to capture something. Did they know, have an inkling there was something down there? That well, their their role was to go and investigate and to explore. And yes, I would imagine that they would take a net so that if they found something of interest that they wanted to bring back to the surface for further mm. examination, a net is the perfect way of uh, of doing it because you, you don't want to bag because that's going to take all the water with it and create drag. Mm. Nets don't create the drag, um, but they, you know will carry things yeah I mean so, what, 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 what it makes could have sense sent to me the, what could have sent these divers hurtling to the surface a great big bubble of air suddenly produced <sighs> yeah, again yeah. Um, 
I mean, it probably wasn't I've an explosion no because that would that would have had a more you know, obvious effect on them. Well, a or lot like of a, bomb. a lot of the reports of UFO technology, you know, when you you um, hear reports from people like Bob Lazar, uh, who reportedly mm. um, uh, reverse engineered alien spacecraft mm. and. and the way they're supposed to operate, they work on gravity drive. So uh, they work on on technology that manipulates gravity. Now, if you can Mm. do that, if you have that technology, yeah, you can send someone hurtling to the surface in a body of water quite easily. Um, Just using basically your own propulsion system. Yeah. But that also implies that they've got it on them somehow, that they've... But maybe you know, maybe you're into psychic telekinetic abilities yeah, no. as well. There's a story that goes back to the 1930s when I happened to be a, a paranormal researcher named Ilya Grabowski. This story is from the um, medium.com. Um, how he was um, exploring strange happenings around Lake Isik Gull which is um, uh, located in the northern Tian Shan mountains. Um, He'd heard legends about hidden caves in the area, Mm -hmm. Um, so he contacted a local who had inadvertently stumbled onto one. At first, the man was reluctant to describe his experience, but Grabowski persuaded him to do so. So they found these caves, which were inaccessible, so they had to come back again with ropes and torches and and pickaxe. Um, the following day, exploring the cave, they made a, a startling discovery in its innermost sector. They discovered three human skeletons, each one measuring more than 10 feet tall. Around their necks, each skeleton had a sil- silver amulet in the shape of what the men described as bats. Um, apparently, there have been several reports describing UFOs of that shape. Now, what happened to these bodies? With their amulets. Well, that's a good question. Re- yeah, where are they? Where are they now? I would be inclined to suggest pure speculation that a government uh. has them somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, even more intriguing, even more intriguing, is a local Kyrgyz le- legend that references a sunken city on the bottom of Lake Isikul. The last ruler of the ancient city had been a king, Osunis, a giant with long ears. Um, the legend also mentions that Osunis was able to fly between the mountains in the blink of an eye. Oh, here we go. The discovery frightened the men enough to keep silent about it for years, but not enough to leave the silver amulets behind. They melted the jewellery and sold the silver but kept a small fragment as a memento. No photograph of this fragment survived to this day, but Grabowski would later write that the Soviet scientists who got the chance to examine it were unable to determine its exact age. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it is all this evidence that just... Um, um, he rummaged through local archives, local archives and, and found that the earliest mention of similarly gigantic creatures dated back to the mid-1800s. But you have some interesting parallels, um, and I'm glad mm. you, 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 you've 
raise this story because it's not an uncommon story these these giant people you know nine foot ten foot tall um mm. coming up from from deep lakes um and deep bodies of water yeah. um now i don't know about this this one you refer to but lake uh, baikal is a ufo hotspot Okay. So you get a lot of UFO activity around there, and you you do in fact get UFO spotters uh, coming up and around. Mm. Now, now it's a it's as you say it's a, it's a large area in of itself, um, but it's a common theme you get quite a lot with you in in ufology. Mm. Um, these you know bo- large bodies of water that are very deep, you get UFOs coming in and out of them. Uh, you get sightings of strange creatures. Yeah. I, I can think of an, a much earlier sighting of giants in that region. And that's um, if you look at the Mapamundi, which um, I think is in Salisbury Cathedral. There are copies of it around. There's a copy in Dover Castle. They have a copy in the Tower of London. And um, it's a strange map. It's orientated with east at the, the top and west at the bottom. I guess that's what orientation means. Find your east. Um, it's not a it's not a map that you'll want to navigate by. It shows that the known world at the time, which was Europe, Asia, and the north part of Africa, that that was all that was known. About. So it goes from the Garden of Eden at the top of the map in the east, all the way down to the gates of Hercules, which are the Straits of Gibraltar at the bottom of the known world. And there are all sorts of strange creatures there. That there, a rhinoceros is drawn to look like a unicorn. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are these men who apparently no, have no heads but their faces are in their in their torsos there's a, a creature called the honeycomb which can shoot flaming turds out of its rear end so you don't want to get behind that but then <laughs> oh yeah uh, and the men with um, feet they've got such big feet that um, when it's a hot day they can just lie on their backs and lift their legs up and shelter in the shade of their own feet but over in Asia in, in this exact region but basically Siberia Giants, there are giants on the Mapamundi in mm. in Asia. Mm. So yes. you know. So how much of that is imagination, and somewhere. how much is led by perhaps folk tales or? Um, yeah, I mean, you don't want to. You wouldn't want to navigate by by the the Mapamundi. I mean, it, it, Jerusalem is probably in the right place at the centre of the of the known world. Um, you can see where Moses parted the, the Red Sea and wandered in the desert for 40 years. You can see where Babylon, the Tower of Babylon is, and, and the Garden of Eden. But, um, yeah, don't try and find your way by it. And all sorts of sea creatures, all sorts of sea monsters that account for missing ships. See, that Mainly raises in the Mediterranean. A, um, a bit of speculation as well that... Um, you know when ships go missing unexpectedly, and and the, of course the mm. mystery of the Mary Rose. Um, are these ships that have encountered, uh, you know, alien bases or alien UFOs? Mary Celeste, yes, yeah. Um, Mary Rose just overturned in, in plain sight. I remember, I, I remember the yeah. raising of the Mary Rose um, mm. when I was at school. But yeah, the Mary Celeste, uh, yes. ship found with everyone just gone. Yeah, and Never seen uh, again. places set for meals, untouched. Yeah, hmm. very bizarre uh, situation. No sign of anybody, no sign of any emergency. Just people gone. 
So yeah, and he, yeah, even even when people have tried to speculate as to a theor- theoretical answer, what may have happened that some decided to go swimming, someone got into trouble, more people jumped into the helm. That that doesn't explain everyone gone. Well, every no. single person jumped off the ship and got left behind by it. And you wouldn't have the stuff left undisturbed the way it's undisturbed. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very strange uh, strange mystery that will be. Yes, Marie Celeste. Mm. Marie Celeste. Um, yeah, so are we talking about alien intervention there? Are, are waters of this planet... I mean, so we're talking about aliens. Maybe, and this is pure hypothesis now, mm. maybe they're not... Uh, maybe they're just a more evolved terrestrial species that don't want to have contact with us maybe it just seems humanoid doesn't seem a very good form to be to be living in water well no but perhaps they're humanoids who who developed Mm. on land and then went into the waters i I mean i I know that that we as humans aren't, aren't naturally adapted to be top of the food chain on the surface of this planet that we have all sorts of yeah we're, our, our 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 main advantage over the rest of the, the 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 kingdom the animal kingdom is the size of our brains and the fact that we can build these defenses build these weapons um you know just naturally uh, pretty much any animal is 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 stronger in tooth and claw and better armored and can take us down ah, i thought it yeah. was our opposable thumbs what well, enables us to use tools it helps us to use tools, but you always have a bit of a brain to, to use them. I mean, we, we are the only creature that's moved up the food chain. Mm. Yeah, at one point, humanoids were, you know, Homo erectus is probably <laughs> way down the food chain, hunted as, as prey, whereas yeah, we're not. Unless you happen to be very hapless or unfortunate, um, <laughs> you're, you're not likely to end up being hunted as prey by, a, by another animal. Indeed. Well, let's hope that... Uh that these giant humanoids are do not see us as prey. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, let's summarise what we think then. So about this particular story from Lake Baikal in 1982. Um, what do you think then, Neil? Did you was this a story you'd you'd heard before? Like I say, it was only declassified in 2009, so hmm. um, just 12 years ago now, or well, 11 and a half years as we record this. Yeah, it's. Uh, um, had you heard it before? It's it's a funny one. I mean, I, I I do believe that there are all sorts of of creatures down in the depths. Um, you know, we we haven't conclusively proven the non-existence of the Loch Ness monster. People still believe in it. Mm. Um, and Loch Ness is a much smaller body of water than Lake Baikal, or the or the Mariana Trench. Um. You know the the giant the giant squids. No one's ever seen one alive, but they have found a dead one, the kraken mm-hmm. that would sometimes rise to the surface and and take down ships. I, I've got a I had a book when I was a kid of you know mysteries of the of the was it stranger than fiction or something like that. It had a picture of this this sixteenth century or fifteenth seventeenth century sailing ship with giant tentacles wrapped around yeah. it and dragged down into the depths or voice to the bottom of the sea. You know so. Yeah, I believe that there is life down there that um, avoids us, um, but could pr- pr- present a real threat to us. But humanoids, it seems really, really strange. I don't know. See, it, and and the fact that this evidence then disappears, 
there's evidence from these caves. Well, that's a different story, yeah. though. We're talking about the Lake Baikal. Yeah, but it, it's still these these ten foot tall humanoids found mm. yeah, skeletons found in caves and with with amulets around their necks that in the shape of you know, bat shaped flying saucers, which of course they melted down rather than mm. prize them for their for their their scientific value. They just they just always oh, made of silver. Let's melt it down and make a few bob. Melt it down for scrap. Um, why would you do that? But that's a different right. story. We're talking about Lake yeah, Baikal. But, yeah, okay, Lake Baikal. I don't know. It's it's an odd story. Um, I can't discount the deaths of divers by by something they've encountered down there. Um, hard to say. It's hard to imagine the Soviet Union tolerating aliens on its um, yeah, it, within its borders. I don't know if they were Navy or not. Um, I honestly don't know. I, I think possibly they were Russian Navy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm on the fence with this one. Don't know. Okay, well, I'm, um, I, I'm absolutely convinced that this is a genuine report. Mm. I mean, why Why wouldn't it be? Why? Why would Russia... The Russian government have basically yeah. validated this story, and why yeah. would they make it up? That's you, yeah. to what <laughs> end? What would what would they have to gain? Do you know when I was when I was searching this, and and the only um, UK press outlets I could find that had reported this were the Sun, the Daily Mail, and the Daily Express, the three least reliable outlets. <laughs> I know. In, not just not just not just in in Britain, but possibly in the developed world. <laughs> you know, we're talking um, for our American listeners. We're talking National Enquirer type credibility yeah. here. But I have more Fox News, I think. Um, yeah. 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 yeah, but. Uh, but no, why, I, I can't think of a single reason why the Russian government would make something like this up. So I'm absolutely convinced that this is a genuine report. Whether these humanoids are aliens or or trans-dimensional beings or, or whatever, that I think is something that remains to be seen. But I am absolutely convinced um, that they're real and that's where they are. Because that would be a fantastic place for them to hide the perfect place to hide yeah yeah but what do you think listeners um is it all a load of nonsense um is it the deranged ramblings of someone who's hallucinated or is there perhaps even more to this story that we've missed do let us know by the usual channels of twitter and facebook by searching aliens explored or by visiting aliensexplored.com. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, um, do please take the time to leave us a quick review uh, on well, wherever it is you find your podcasts. Um, Apple Podcasts is a favourite. <laughs> uh, but wherever you listen to us, uh, do please leave us a review. Um, join us next time when... Oh, this is a good one, Neil. I am really looking forward to this. Okay. Um, we will be discussing the famous alien autopsy film. So join us. The alien autopsy film. Yes, and so join us for that one. Um, in the meantime, 
keep watching those large bodies of water <laughs> and the skies. See you next time. Bye-bye. Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit aliensexplored.com.